Warning, today's episode contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode, and I'm so excited to introduce to you Dr. Chalmers, and today we are going to be talking about wellness. So Dr. Chalmers, welcome. Tell listeners a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So uh, we got we kind of got started doing the wellness thing, uh, kind of as a just a personal thing. Uh, we started going through, and I had a patient come in who is early 60s. I just sold this company for 20 something million dollars. And at the time it was the most money I'd ever heard of anybody making at once. And the guy was still pretty young. He's 60. And so I asked him, I said, man, that's awesome. I said, what are you, what are you going to do? I said, I would go to Italy. There's this really cool tour where you start in Normandy and you do this W this world war two like tour. And he goes, stop. He goes, my knees hurt so bad when I get to the top of the stairs because I got to sit down and rest. He said, when I walk my dogs around the block because I get tired, I got to sit down and rest. I'm not going to Italy. He said, I'm going to, there's some restaurants I want to try and there's some shows I want to catch up on. So that's what I plan on doing. And I was like, oh, okay. And I left the room and I thought, oh my God, that is the worst hell I could imagine. You're, you're early, you're young, you're 60, you have $20 million, but your body and your health is so destroyed that all you're going to do is watch TV. Like that is, that is honestly the, the most scary thing I've ever heard. So that's when I decided that's not going to be me. That's not going to be my family. I'm going to do whatever it takes to figure out all the ins and outs to not be unhealthy and to be the, have the high, highest quality of life I can as I get older. So that's kind of where my, my wellness journey started. Awesome. Well, I'm going to jump in and ask this first question. And this is from a girl named Mona in Tennessee. She says, I'm going through menopause and I've been having trouble with frozen shoulder and neck issues. I wonder if it has to do with my hormones. I listened to a podcast that said frozen shoulder is directly related to your hormones. That seems a little bit odd, but could that be any relevance to that? Mona from Tennessee. I can relate. I've been having some neck issues. Um, I went to Costa Rica and when, you know, I, I have like this really great pillow and mm-hmm. that keeps my head perfect. But obviously when you're travel, I didn't bring it with me. And so I feel like I kind of got like a crick in my neck and I haven't been able to, uh, go through it. But anyway, I got on a sidetrack. So let's a- answer Mona's question about could frozen shoulder or stiff neck or anything be related to your hormones? Technically, there could be a very small hormonal component to that. Um, I wouldn't go directly to hormones on that. Generally, we look at neurologic tone for frozen shoulders. So um, is there too much activity going on in the chest, in the front of the shoulder that's not allowing the back of the shoulder to function as well? We can relax the chest musculature, activate, uh, exercise the back, and it will rebalance. Um, The other thing that we see a lot is if you'll go see a chiropractor and get your neck and shoulders and ribs adjusted, that helps tremendously. So I wouldn't really lean on that one for hormones. When you talk about a hormone thing, that's more of a systemic issue. So if you just have a, my shoulder hurts here, that's not necessarily going to be hormone. If you're like my entire body hurts, all my joints hurt, that's me more of a, 
that could be hormone driven. But one specific spot is more going to be more biomechanical. Um, let me go into our next question about thyroid. This next one is from Anonymous, and it says, I've tried all kinds of different things with my thyroid. I've added T3, and I am on, I think it's, I think this says Armour Thyroid, and I'm on Armour Thyroid right now, but I'm still not feeling good, and I'm still tired. What are some suggestions of what I can do to really ramp up my thyroid? So thyroid is actually kind of, we see more syndromes with thyroid than we do actual thyroid issues. So what we have to understand is that the thyroid sits in the, in the top of the gut adrenal thyroid pyramid. So oftentimes what we see when the thyroid isn't working in its optimal position, we have gut issues, we have adrenal issues. And so by increasing the nutrients to the gut and to the, to the adrenals, the thyroid starts kind of waking back up. But one of the things that we, one of the things we also see a lot with thyroid is that if we even if we get the levels back where they're supposed to, but we still have the symptoms, it's other hormones. So the first one I like to look at, especially in women, because nobody else looks at it, is testosterone. Testosterone is going to give you tons of energy. It's going to re, it's going to heal your bones and muscles, regenerate your heart, get your th- uh, your brain functioning again. So I would look at testosterone as well because if you're already on medication T3 and that type of thing for armor or whatever for the thyroid, but you're not getting back where you need to go. I would look at, okay, is my gut functioning? Are my adrenals functioning? And where is the rest of my hormones, specifically testosterone? So those are the places I'd start first. And, you know, the testosterone, I just saw a friend of mine and I had saw her and she was had probably lost like maybe 15 or 20 pounds. She looked amazing. And she was like, really like I could see her, she was wearing like a tank top and I could see her muscles popping out. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, you look amazing. And she's like, I said, what did you do? She's like, I just started taking a low dosage of testosterone. And she's like, everything is helping. She's like, my sex life is better. She's like, my testosterone was like at a negative point two or something. I don't remember what she told me it was. And she's like, I started taking a low dosage of that. Um, and so I'll ask the question, you know, I know a lot of women are like kind of skeptical because they're like, okay, I don't, I don't want to start adding this. Cause if I add it, you know, then this is going to be off. And then, you know, you start adding this and then your progesterone and your estrogen are kind of crazy. So talk about what some of those fears can be and how someone could start slow so that they're, you know, not growing hair on their face and stuff like that. So that's, <clears throat> there's a couple different pieces in this when we talk about female, uh, women, female athletes and that type of thing, um, is, so when you don't have enough testosterone, you're not going to have blood flow and nerve function to uh, the genitalia. So sex function, sex drive is going to be lower. You're not going to enjoy it as much. That's one piece. But the bones have a cell in them called the osteoblast. That osteoblast responds to testosterone and then regenerates bone because the testosterone tells it to. So there's a bunch of different things that are in this that we need to look at. So the first place to start is get your blood drawn by somebody who knows what they're doing. Your testosterone, I like to have our patients between 80 and 150, our female patients, um, and they tell us that they just their energy comes back, their, their fat falls off of them, their muscle regrows, everything kind of gets back up. It's, it's, 
it's the closest thing we have to the fountain of youth. So um, I prefer injectable testosterone over pellets and creams. But the big thing with with women is that everyone likes to give women estrogen, which is if you're having if trying to have a baby, that's a different conversation. But if you're not trying to have a baby, I'm always very weary of estrogen because that's if you do read the research, that's where all the cancer came at. So what we look at for women is do you have headaches? Do you have joint pain? Do you have vaginal dryness? Do you have hot flashes? Do you have night sweats? If you don't have these, we don't need to give you any more estrogen. And testosterone will naturally convert into a small amount of estrogen. So oftentimes, even if you do have some of these things, you start taking testosterone stipionate, for example, then your body will convert some of that to estrogen. And most of the time, all those issues go away. If they don't, I prefer to use an oil from Young Living called Progestins Plus. It's a progesterone-based uh, natural oil, and that helps balance those, those hormones out as well. But go get your levels tested by somebody who, again, who works with women and hormones and see if they can't figure out where your testosterone levels are, and then they can bump them back up to where they need to be. So that progesterone plus, that I, I think I've heard of that. That's a really good, just essential oil, right? Isn't it like from wild yam mm -hmm. or something like that? It is. It's from wild yam. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's say that, let's talk about that. So let's say someone is, you know, going, maybe they're perimenopause and they're just going into that state. Would you say that you, your first defense would say, let's try a little bit of testosterone before we put you on any estrogen to see if that helps things along? Yeah. If their testosterone is low. So whenever we do um, a lot of our wellness packages, hormone, we pull hormones all the time. And, you know, women, I've, I've seen women here in their twenties, thirties, forties, depending, if you have high stress, you're going to have low testosterone every time. So what we'll do is we'll pull it. And if you're in the teens, we'll be like, look, we're going to start with testosterone and we're going to see how your body functions and how you feel. Then we'll start talking about needing other medications and things like that. So my team will then, you know, evaluate that and then put them on the proper dosage of testosterone for them. And then if their symptoms go away, fantastic. So that's generally where we start is with the testosterone. This next one is from Wilmina in Houston, Texas. I love, love, I love, love your podcast and I'm down from doing intermittent fasting. I currently eat in a six hour window and I'm down 20 pounds, but I still have 20 pounds to go. I am 46 years old and I am convinced that it's my hormones that's not letting me lose that last bit of weight. What is your suggestion on doing some different tests? My doctor wants me to do a saliva test and a blood test and all these different ones and a hair analysis as well. It seems overwhelming to do all these different tests. A, which is the best, and B, what are some different hormone hacks that can help me lose that last 20 pounds? So there's a couple of things. The I don't know which test he's doing, but the saliva, I usually do what's called a cortisol, 24-hour uh, cortisol study. And so that shows me how much stress your body's under. And so that's going to play a completely different role in how I structure your day, your supplementation, your food, all those sort of things. The blood test is going to be probably the best for just normal hormone levels. So your testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. So both those tests are important um, if they're doing the cortisol and the testosterone. 
make sure they're looking at your testosterone. Lots of times doctors will pull estrogen and then think they can just give women estrogen that solves problems. Too much estrogen, men or women, holds water weight on the body. So if you have more estrogen than your body needs to function, you're going to end up with water weight, water retention. So that's, and then there's other things, PCOS and endometriosis and things like that. But if you're in your 40s, they're probably not going to give you enough to really cause that. So watch those. Uh, so those are the places that I would start, you know, if, if that's if that's what you're, those tests are where you're worried about. However, if you're really wanting to lose those, those last 20 pounds, go get what's called a resting metabolic rate, an RMR test done. That will tell you how many calories your body needs to, to function in a day. And then you can build a macro set based off of that, depending on your somatotype. So most people who are trying to lose weight and having a hard time are more endomorphs. So we would just take the sugar out. You add in the fasting. Fasting is phenomenal for endomesos or endomorphs. And so that little addition to the pieces will help you drop those extra 20 pounds of just, you know, are my hormones right? Am I eating the right calories? Uh, sometimes not eating enough calories causes problems too. So that's why getting that test for the resting metabolic rate is a really important piece. I have one more for you on testosterone. And this is from Kelly Ann in, I don't know what city that is, but it's in, it looks like it's. <laughs> so from Kelly Ann, she says, I, I Googled what are the right testosterone levels for male and for female. My husband seems like his testosterone is too low as well. It looks like the ranges for male testosterone is between 280 and 1100, which seems like quite a range. And for females, it says, I Googled it and it says it's 15 to 70. That seems like an astronomical range. I know that with wellness, sometimes they give too long of a range if they're a traditional doctor. What are these really should be? And what are some tips on whether I should take injections or take creams to increase both me and my husband's testosterone levels? Kelly. So, so generally what we like to do with men is get them around 1,000, 900 to 1,300 is generally the goal. Um, we like to do two injections a week so that the the spike is smaller. So CPNA, which is what everybody uses most of the time, has a seven-day half-life. So if you give 1,000 on Monday, by the time Monday rolls back around, it's going to be at 500. So if you do Monday, Thursday injections, they'll be a little bit higher. Uh, you, you're, you'll maintain a little bit more uh, even levels. But so men, like I said, 1100, you know, 900 to 1200 is kind of where we want it to be. Um, injections are usually the best for men. For women, um, we've seen them kind of be really good at 70. We've seen some women who need to be at 200. So uh, we just kind of play with those numbers and get them up a little bit higher. Uh, generally, that 80 to 150 is what we like for women. Um, I prefer injections for women because you can usually get by with one or two injections instead of rubbing cream on your legs and up into the vaginal vault for every single day and then you have to lay there for 20 minutes and not do anything. Uh, it can, gels and creams can work for women. It's just, in my opinion, it's kind of a giant pain and most women don't put up with it, but one or two shots a week, they'll deal with a little bit easier. Um, so those are the, those are the two big pieces on that one. The only thing you have to worry about um, when you're looking at higher levels, whether you're, whether you're at 60 or you know 200 for women or whether you're at 500 or 1500 for men 
is what's called the H&H, which is the hemoglobin and the hematocrit. That's how thick your blood is getting. So the levels are okay as long as the H&H don't get too high. If they start getting a little higher, you have to donate blood. So do watch those. But women, 80 to 150. Men, 900 to 1,200 is generally a pretty good, pretty good shot. Hey, guys. I'm so excited. My new book, One Meal and a Tasting, is out now. And if you order the book on Amazon, just the regular paperback edition, if you go in and make a review, you will get the audio book for free. Send a copy of your receipt to questions at ChantelRayway.com and you'll get the audio book right away. And I think that, you know, testosterone replacement therapy, or they call it, you know, TRT or whatever. I think it's like a really big thing that like, you know, is kind of targeted to men and everyone's like, you know, testosterone, testosterone. But I think that it's actually underplayed for women. And I think that more women are low in testosterone and, you know, like the normal aging process, just like men, like women's testosterone diminish naturally with age. Right. And so that is an issue. And if you have any issues with like pituitary glands or your ovaries, you know, that is going to kind of affect it as well. So what if like, let's say someone, obviously, where are you located again? I'm in Frisco, Texas, but we do hormone stuff virtually all over the U S. So let's say that someone wants to do a Zoom call with you, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they can see you. I know you see people everywhere. It, are those shots something that you can mail to people and they can give themselves the testosterone shots or do they have to actually come see you for that? No, no. The way that my team likes to do it is that we send them to you because people, most people I work with are very busy. So they're traveling. They've got, you know, they can't peel two hours out of their day to go to the doctor, wait around, get a shot and then drive home. Okay. So we send them all the information. We send them all the stuff and they do their own injections. And everybody we have prefers that. Sometimes the first injection, they'll have a friend do or they'll come up to the office and we'll help them out with it. But after the first one, they're like, oh, this is super easy. And so they just do it at home. So that's generally the way that we play it. So as far as the lab tests go, I know that you know, sometimes different lab tests ask you to like, you know, I know I've taken lab tests and they say, okay, you have to take these tests on day 21 of your cycle. When you have these different lab tests and I've seen some different ones that are on your site, when it comes to testosterone and your hormones, do you have to wait for the 21 days after your period or for you to test that? for your for your testosterone as well? No, you can pretty much test it whenever you want to. We generally like it in the morning. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you can test it sometime between seven o'clock and 11 o'clock in the morning, that's really good. And so what we normally do is we'll send the rack to LabCorp and then you just find the closest LabCorp to you. And then you just, you know, call make an appointment or just show up and you go in, get your blood drawn and you're good. You don't have to wait for a cycle point um, because we're not really worried about a lot of times when you're looking at cycle points for women, you're looking for very specific hormones, like, especially when you're trying to do like baby stuff, you're looking for a very specific point and very specific ovulation point and say, okay, how high is it at its highest point? Cause we need to push it from there. So, but with testosterone with women and men, you're not going to really have a high point. So that's, you can do it whenever you want. 
So as far as the thyroid goes, I want you to kind of touch on that a little bit of, let's say someone's maybe kind of with that first question that we answered, the girl was like, you know, I've tried this with my thyroid. I've adjusted it here. Um, what are kind of some tips that you see with people? Maybe they say, you know, I'm on thyroid medicine. You know, I still am not, I, I feel like we get tons of questions into our podcast and this kind of just sums it up that says, you know, I, I was on this, I went, I listened to the podcast and then the doctor, maybe they were on Synthroid. They kind of moved to like an armor thyroid and then they still feel like they're not a hundred percent there. If someone came to you like that, what would be kind of your first tips to kind of get them where they need to be? So the first thing that we do, we practice a little bit differently because we're, we're very holistic. And what, when we talk about holistic, it's, I want to know what's going on in the entire body. So I want to know where your testosterone is. I want to know, do you have any parasitic infections? I want to know what the inflammation in your gut is. I want to know how strong your adrenals are. So we'll go through, I want to know what your stress levels are throughout the day. So that's, we start with a very broader scale because a lot of times what happens in Western medicine is they, they look at like a car. So they'll kind of look at it and be like, Hey, you have, you know, brakes, or you have a thyroid, or you have this, you have a steering wheel and this. That's not how the body works. Everything works together. So if you have something that like the thyroid and you're like, hey, my thyroid's not working very well. The bigger question is, okay, why is it not working? Is it not getting the nutrients absorbed through the gut? So we need to fix the gut. Is it not getting the support from the other hormones, the adrenals? Is it not getting the support from testosterone? Is it not getting everything else? Because if you're on, if you get to the point where you need medication, you take it, but you're still not where you need to be. That's not the thing that makes you feel bad. We need to understand that, you know, if, for instance, testosterone, when you have low testosterone, you take testosterone, you feel tons better. It was because of the low T. If you have a thyroid problem and you take thyroid medication, but you don't feel all the way better, it wasn't only the thyroid that you had problems with. And the problem we get into, again, with Western medicine is that they'll run a test because I have this problem. Okay, I'm going to run this test to make this diagnosis. Okay, well, then I'm going to prescribe a drug for these things. And now we're done. It's not the best way to treat people. We need to look at it from a holistic standpoint and be like, how's everything functioning? Because if you have six things that are low normal, we need to bring all six up to make the whole body function as a, as a better whole. So that's generally where we start is what's going on with the whole body and what kind of bring the gut up, bring the liver up, bring the adrenals up. And that helps out quite a bit. So let's talk about supplements for a second. What would you say that when people kind of come to see you, what, what are kind of the top three issues that you would say that people are kind of coming to you right now? And what are some of the best supplements that you have that seem to be really kind of taking people to the next level? So one of the things that we see with all of our athletes and I'd say 90% of our other patients is they have a mineral issue. So what happens with our food is that we don't have enough vitamins and minerals in our actual food. And then when we take supplementation, we take vitamins and sometimes we might take calcium, magnesium, potassium, those, those minerals, but we don't take a wide spectrum mineral. And so we use a black fulvic uh, humeric uh, mineral base that's 77 essential minerals in it. And so that works really, really well. So for instance, I had an athlete who came in and she'd taken everything to make her leg cramps go away and nothing would help her. She'd wake up in the middle of the night, terrible leg cramps. It was horrible. 
Uh, and she came in and like I said, she'd already taken everything. So that day she was like, I can already feel my legs tightening up. She's like, they're going to be really bad tonight. So I gave her the minerals and I talked to her two days later and she goes, I took them when I left her office. She's like, I haven't had leg cramps since. And so she was like, it's the first time in years I haven't had leg cramps. So that type of thing with the minerals is a really big one. CoQ10 is always a really big one, especially if anybody is worried about their heart, has any heart issues. And then fully methylated B vitamins uh, are really, really critical. Uh, outside of that, the only other thing is uh, high doses of D3. Uh, D3 really helps to absorb nutrients and then send them where they need to go in the body. And so those would probably be the ones that I think if everybody got on, we'd have a whole lot healthier population. So where is that mineral one? Because I think that is so true. Where would I find that if someone was like, you know what, I think I'm mineral deficient. Where on your website would they go and what would it be called for them to get onto that? So we're developing it right now with um, a lab. And so we have it only in the office. And so they can call the office, we can ship it out. Um, but we should in the next six months have it on the Seawell store. We should have it on, on its website. So if they join the Facebook group, the Chalmers Wellness Group Facebook group, we'll make sure we post all it all out and make sure everybody has access to that information. Um, but the reason we had to develop it was because I work with so many pro athletes. We have to, when we get it pushed through, we have to get it endorsed by and checked by the NFL and by the MLB so that they, because if it's not certified, these my athletes won't take it because it has to be on the list of things they can take. Um, but we're getting it put together properly um, in a lab in San Antonio. So it should be ready to go in the next couple of months. Gotcha. So they can just call your office and they can ship it out. Absolutely. Let's talk about testosterone and stress. So let's say someone's got a really stressful job. Is that going to be related to lower testosterone? Do you see that? Absolutely. Men and women. So when we have higher stress, we have lower testosterone. They're indirectly proportional to each other. So, you know, and it doesn't, you don't have to have a big CEO job. The hardest job in the world is having two little kids at home or three little kids at home. So if you're a mom, there's a good chance your testosterone is lower than it should be. So everybody needs to get it checked. Mm, I love that. Now, one concern would be like, okay, kind of like with thyroid, right? So when someone starts taking thyroid medicine, they pretty much end up staying on thyroid medicine for the rest of their life. Have you seen it where people go, okay, I'm going to take testosterone. I can start. I want you to really explain how the shots work and how could you increase it. But also, is that something that when, once they start taking testosterone, like, do you check it and go, okay, now we can stop taking it. Or is this like, okay, I'm going to start taking this testosterone and then my own body's not going to produce it. And then I now have to take testosterone with the shot for the rest of my life. So that's actually a really good question. The answer to that is yes and no. So if, if you come to me and you're a 40 year old woman or a 30 year old woman and your testosterone's eight. Well, if you got on testosterone for three years and then decided, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. And it goes from 150 down to eight again, you've, you've lost nothing. But the only difference is that if someone lets you borrow a Ferrari for a couple of weeks and you got to drive this Ferrari for a couple of weeks, and then you went back to your Toyota Corolla, there's nothing wrong with your Toyota Corolla, but it's not a Ferrari. And so all of a sudden you're going to recognize the difference. And so that's really the big piece. Now, the reason I say, yes, it's an issue is because 
if you're not already low and then needing to the medication to get back where you need to go, and let's say you're a 17 year old kid who decides to you know take the medication when you don't need it, and you're already at 700, but you push yourself to 3,000 because you want to be a bodybuilder, and then your body just quits producing it on its own, then in that case, yes, you I don't want to use the term broke yourself, but you didn't need it, and then you used too much, and then your body quit producing its own. So in that case, that person would need to be on it to feel normal for the rest of their lives. Now, once you need it medically so that you know, we test you and, you know, hey, look, your testosterone's a third of what it should be, there's not a lot that's going to push it back up. And that kind of goes back to that stress. So I ask people, I'm like, okay, are you going to get rid of your kids? Are you going to get rid of your job? Are you going to get rid of your spouse? Are you going to get rid of the stress of normal life? And if you say no to those, there's nothing that's going to allow your testosterone to come back up naturally. So we've tried for years with all sorts of different supplements and meditation and all sorts of stuff. And it's, it's not gotten us where we want to go. So um, the biggest piece is that if you need it, you're going to need it for a long time. So I just tell people, just assume you're going to be on it forever. So my husband and I just watched a show last night and the, one of the lines, it was like this dating show and the girl says, I'm trying to keep this really PG, but your eyes are looking at me like it's rated R. So we're going to go from being PG and now we're going to go to being rated R. So I want you to talk a little bit about how testosterone really affects your sex life and orgasms. Okay. So this is a really, really bit, this is, this is a fun piece because, um, I mean, you want to talk about quality of life. I mean, sex has got to be quality of life. So what's happened with a lot of the female patients we treat is if their testosterone's too low for too long, not like a week, but six months, a year, something like that, the blood flow in the, in the nerve function to the clitoris actually starts, stops going there. And so it'll actually shrink and you won't have very much sensation from it. When you add the testosterone back in, the, the blood flow and everything comes back. And so what happens is that sometimes women will come in and say, hey, uh, things are getting bigger down there. Is that okay? And it's like, yeah, it's not going to, it's not going to keep growing forever. It's just taking like a dry sponge, putting it in water and it inflates back to the size it's supposed to be. And so they come back and they go, I've had an orgasm for the first time in three or four years. Like, this is amazing. Like, is it because of the testosterone? The answer is yes. Or people will come and say, I'm having better orgasms. Is it because of the testosterone? The answer is yes. Um, men with erectile dysfunction, it's the same idea. The blood flow is not going to the area. So a lot of times men who have ED can actually get harder, better erections if their testosterone is back where it's supposed to be. So yeah, from a sexual function, testosterone is, I don't know if it's the only thing that is going to restore function to some of these people, but it's probably the biggest, 80% biggest piece. So if you if, if your sex is not where it once was, 100% get your testosterone checked. So I want you to talk a little bit about the shots and kind of how they work. And I know that you said, instead of taking them like once a week, you can take it twice a week. Like what, let's say you wanted just a little tiny bit. Can you take it, you know, a little tiny bit each day or three times a week? Or how does, how does that work? So testosterone, cypionate specifically has a seven day half-life. So if you, if you're at 10 on Monday, by the time Monday rolls back around, you're going to be at five. So a lot of times what we'll do with people is we'll do multiple doses throughout the week, two or three, just depends on how well they like or don't like injections. And then that, what that'll do is it makes that little, that gap between the top point and the bottom point smaller. 
And so you can do multiple shots throughout the week and use less medication. We have a lot of women who will do that because they want to stay in that 150 to 180 range. They want to push it a little bit harder, but they also don't want the hair that's already on their face to darken. They don't want any acne or things like that. Men will do that if they don't want conversion to DHT. So they don't have, they don't lose their hair, things like that. So um, doing it multiple times a week will oftentimes you can use less medication and get to the same position that you wanted to be in. So multiple injections a week is definitely a thing that people do. So how often do you test to see like, okay, am, am I taking too much or am I taking too little? So let's say, let's say someone took a, a testosterone test. Let's say a woman came in and she said, okay, I'm at 20. My testosterone's at 20. What would that dosing look like? And when would you check it to say, okay, we want to make sure it's not too high and you're not having some of these side effects of acne or you know, dark hair or so forth. The, the general, the general dosage my team gives is somewhere between 10 and 20 uh, milligrams a week for women. And that will usually put them, like I said, between that hundred and that 150, 180 range. Um, if you go a little bit less, that's totally fine. If you go a little bit more, you're, you, you want to watch the symptomatology. So just talk to your doc, whoever is going to work with you on this, talk about that. Um, but that's generally where we're at is in that, that 10 to 20 milligrams range. So I know you do intermittent fasting as well. Talk about kind of your daily routine with fasting and talk about if you're willing to share about the, what you do as far as the testosterone goes for yourself to help you and how has that helped your life? So I'm uh, I'm 16, uh, eight, sometimes I'm 18, six, just depends on how much, how long I can carry through. Um, coffee, by the way, uh, with monk, the Lacanto monk fruit sweetener has been my saving grace on several days. So uh, yeah, so I do try to do 18, six as much as I can, but sometimes I don't make it and I'm 16, eight. Um, so I use that a lot. I use that for a lot of my patients. Anybody who does well with keto is going to do phenomenal with fast, fasting. So all your, like I said, endomorphs, endomesos will do great with it. Um, as far as testosterone goes, I have a kind of a, kind of a funny story. Um, so I was, I've always been a big guy, but I was, you know, I always lift and I was run and I was running and I broke my foot. And I was like, well, that's weird. I have a really high-end treadmill. I'm surprised I broke my foot. Must have landed real funny, whatever. Uh, just a bad stress fracture. So it healed. I go back and I start running again. Broke my other foot. Same type of thing. And I'm like, well, this is weird. And then uh, I, I, we're testing out new labs. And so I got my blood drawn and my testosterone was 180. Wow. And uh, I, yeah, and I was just like, oh my God. I was like, well, that's when my feet are breaking. And so I put mine back up to... So I do two things. I do testosterone cypionate and I do nandrolone decanate. Now, DECA or nandrolone decanate is not a medication that I would ever recommend personally for a woman, but it's I like it for men because one, it lubricates the joints and it doesn't convert to estrogen or DHT. So, you know, I don't have to worry about hair loss, but some guys are worried about it. However, DHT hits the prostate real hard. So if you're going to be doing, you know, a decent amount, you know, one to, you know, say 150 to 250 milligrams of cypionate a week, you can sometimes talk to your doc about splitting them into two different medications, cypionate and natural and decanate. And so that's basically what I do. And that's my, you know, it's easier to, as a hardcore endomorph is still not super easy, but it's still easier to lose fat. It's easier to, the energy is much higher. Um, my bones aren't breaking when I run now. So 
that's that's the position that I'm personally in is that, you know, I've had so much head trauma and stuff like that, that I don't know if that plays a role, but I also own 10 companies. So my stress is pretty high. So that's what I've done. And I've been doing it for 10 years and I'm super healthy. So, you know, it, it's not something that you need to really worry about as long as you get with people who know what they're doing. What have I not asked you that you want listeners to know about kind of the wellness, health, and weight loss that kind of will take people to the next level? So the big thing that we kind of have to decide in in our healthcare is what model we want to be in. So the Western medicine or the insurance-based model, the way that that works is you come and you say, here's my one problem or my two problems. Then from that, they can make a diagnosis. Then they can run tests to confirm or deny that diagnosis. Then they can prescribe a treatment, whether it be medical drugs or whatever, for that issue. So that's the way that a normal Western medicine practice works. Now, a wellness or a holistic practice like mine, you come in, you say, hey, I want to be healthy. And I want to be, when I'm 80, I want to have a great life. So the difference is that we look at the entire body. So we run genetic studies. We run hormone studies. We run heart sticker studies before you have a heart issue. So half a million people a year die from heart issues. About 60% of them had no idea they had heart issues before they died. And so we look at those things ahead of time. And so the major difference is, do you want to wait till you have a problem to go the Western medicine route? Or do you want to find the problems when they're really small before they present issues and fix them then? So if you decide, yeah, I want to find these problems before they become cancerous, before they, I have a heart attack, before they become really big, I want my higher quality of life. You need to start looking more for a wellness group than your standard Western medicine model. Just understand that if you want to work in the wellness field, you're almost always going to, have to pay cash for it. Um, most of the time, you're going to, have, if you want insurance, you're going to have to go the the I have a problem, fix my problem once I have it wrapped. So those are the two biggest pieces I like everybody to understand is, you know, when you start looking at, you know, wellness options and that type of thing, it's going to end up being cash. Awesome. Well, tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. So on all the social media, I'm just Dr. Chalmers one, no period, just Dr. Chalmers one. Uh, and then the easiest place, the place I, I spend the most time posting everything is in the Facebook group section, the Chalmers wellness, uh, in the groups piece. Um, and so we go there and then the book, uh, pillars of wellness is out and, uh, that's, that's been fun. We hit uh, bestseller in 13 categories so far. So it's been, that's been a good one. So if you want to read that, that's a pretty good read as well. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for all you're doing to change people's lives with health and wellness and really not looking at the one issue and getting really right down to the root and fixing it. So that's been awesome. And you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.